episode 132 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Hey guys, welcome back. I'll let you handle it. Oh, were you, were you waiting for me to continue? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> That's I, generally how it goes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really need to get down my intro because you have a nice flowing intro now. I just feel like I just come up and just pop like, hey, <laughs> so I need to fix that. Um, so today's podcast, we're getting back to our normal schedule. We're talking about good old wrestling, uh, WWE and uh, AEW. Yes. If Anthony wants to give us five good minutes on that, what's AEW? Yeah, AEW. You want to give us five good minutes on that at the end? Um, I'll try. I haven't really been watching it. Oh, I I've never watched. I think I watched one episode and that was enough for me. So uh, we can do that because I do have some thoughts on it. Okay, then we'll do it at the end. But yeah, we're here to talk about the WWE, and um, we're trying to make this a, a shorter podcast than usual. So this is what I call the PTIization of our podcast. I have what, six topics, and we're gonna rapid fire through them and. We're going to grade, grade them, either give them a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or eh, just depending <laughs> on our, on our, how we're feeling about them. And so I got the topics. Anthony has no idea what they are. So that sounds ready? good to me, stat guy. <laughs> I wish I was stat I wish I had that hair. Shh, man, you and me both. All right. Um, so let's start with the biggest one, the WWE draft. It's been about what, a week now. We've seen the results on both Monday and uh, Friday SmackDown. So, how are you feeling? Thumbs up, thumbs down. It. Um, I say thumbs up for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Thumbs down for Raw, and meh in like overall. I think it just averages out to meh. Um, you know, at this point, as long as they have Don Roman Reigns. Uh, Don Corleone, Roman Reigns on SmackDown as the champion, as the top guy, top heel, whatever you want to call it. It's thumbs up for SmackDown. Um, They've added Seth Rollins uh, and, you know, take it or leave it with, you know, continuing the Rey Mysterio feud. Um, Anybody that goes to that show right now at, at this point of 2020, SmackDown is, is thumbs up for me. Um, anybody that comes and goes, it's still thumbs up. Uh, just because that main that main event storyline is so strong still. Um, that shows gold at this point. Raw, not so much. Um, I just, there's just, we're trying to do rapid fire, so there's just too much to get into with Raw in terms of uh, criticisms. So, yeah, that's how I'd average it out at this point. 
Um, yeah, I agree. It's, it's like a, it's mad to me. And my biggest issue is they just switched the feuds from one show to another. Right. You got the Rawlins Mysterio feud going from Raw to SmackDown. You got the Miz and John Morrison who are feuding with Tucker and Otis going over to Raw. Um, what? Although Otis is staying on Raw tech, or on SmackDown technically. Yeah, but the fact that he showed up on Raw, on Raw <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. That was a thumbs up for Raw for me, actually. El Gran Gordo. Uh, yeah, but if you're just switching the fuse over, so you know people who watch the fuse on Raw on on um, cable can now see them on network television. I'm like, what's the point of the draft if everything's going to be the same, just on just different color variations? Right. The there is one thing though. Um, I am mm-hmm. interested in seeing Street Profits on SmackDown. I think they're. Uh, they've been around long enough now where they can be put on uh, on uh, network TV on Friday night um, to that kind of audience to to a uh, you know a, a network audience. Um, I think they've done enough to warrant that exposure, um, and also. If there's anything that, that again, there's one thing that happened that is thumbs up, thumbs down, and meh all at once for me, and that was the new day, because I give thumbs up totally to to Biggie getting a singles run, thumbs down that it has to be by way of separating him from the new day on an entirely different show. And so overall, you know, it's it's meh, like the New Day themselves, because they're on two different shows. Um, you're over here cheating the system where, you, where you're over here like up, down, and now at the same damn time. I'm sorry. Once again, Anthony <laughs> Garcia, always looking for an out, doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Well, then I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up because I'm excited to see what they do with Big E. You know, it sucks to see everybody get broken up or, you know, see them get split. Um, but the spirit is still there. Like they're still supporting each other in spirit. Um, it gives them a chance to, to do like thunder, like be on the, in the Thunderdome. Like, like we saw on Monday where Big E was watching, uh, Kofi and Woods on raw. He was like watching him from in Thunderdome, which I think they need to do more of kind of a sidebar. I think they need to do more of that, which they are starting to, um, incorporate, you know, wrestlers from other shows, um, even you know legends, which they're starting to do. By the you know Goldberg was on SmackDown last week. Mark Henry was also on, on the shows, uh, and even you know calling in some favors to their celebrity friends who you know they put in the front row of Raw and SmackDown and put them on camera. Tell them, hey, you don't even have to leave home. Just log into the Thunderdome and. You know, we'll put you on TV for five minutes. I think they need to do more of that, and hope it looks like they're starting to um, embrace that more and more, which I think is a good thing overall. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. But going back to the to the draft, it just, it just feels like 
uh, to me, it's like they just made this big announcement like, oh, this is a new season of Raw, it's a new season of SmackDown, and it's the exact same storylines that you guys were doing two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the draft itself overall was meh. The shows are definitely you know, thumbs up for SmackDown, thumbs down for Raw. Uh, but the draft itself, yes, I would say meh. Because, you know, they're taking too long to get these fresh starts. Um, you know, the freshest matchup we might see is Elias and Jeff Hardy. Just because, like, they're going with that angle that he's blaming Hardy for the accident five months ago that put him on the shelf. Yes, so they're redoing an angle that was on SmackDown five months ago. No, because they they weren't in a feud. That was part of the... uh... But they're bringing it back. They're bringing back old storylines. It's like... Um, where you move to a new show, but you're still doing things that happened five months ago in the old show. Well, it's it's fresh only in terms that we never saw Jeff Hardy versus Elias. We saw Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, which, you know, that is where it's problematic because that storyline could ultimately incorporate Sheamus again. But in terms of the matchup itself, Elias and uh, Jeff Hardy is something we hadn't seen. Um, and it wasn't a feud that we, you know, that we actually got to witness. It, I mean, it, it it was sparked on another show, but it's actually like running running its course currently. Um, but again, that's not saying much. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's still, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying as well, but you know, that's the only like different wrestling match we'll actually see. Everything else is still pretty much the same. Yeah. So you're talking about the New Day and um, uh, damn, I almost called them crime time. That kind of the New Day and Three Profits. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they had a they had a, uh, a scene together where they switched the uh, tag team belts because they got drafted to the other shows. And I just want to talk about WWE's tag team wrestling as a whole. Mm-hmm. It stinks. Thumbs down. Like, I don't under, like, there's no creative process at all. Every month, like, two weeks before a pay-per-view, it's just like, okay, we're going to get four teams. We're going to put them in a fatal four-way elimination. And whatever team wins, that's who's going to be taking on the champs at the pay-per-view. There's, like, there's no creative process. There's no storytelling. There's no nothing. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Because, and really, you only have two legitimate teams and they're the champs kofi and 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 woods are the new day they are they're a team uh dawkins and uh ford uh, montez ford and and ford they're the street profits they're a team everybody else is kind of patched up together you know you you know what let's take a second let's actually go through and count the tag teams so we got the new day the street profits let's go to raw and see what other tag teams that we have i'm looking right now uh so i guess you say the hurt locker but they're more of a faction that's dealing with retribution and we'll talk about retribution in a minute (laughs) uh john morrison and the miz so that's two Mm -hmm. uh let's see i'm just going through i you know what I wouldn't even count the Hurt Business as a t- as a tag team because they haven't established which two of those guys would go for the tag titles. Um, That's very true. 
that's just a faction, like a general faction, which I do like. Uh, but I wouldn't consider can consider them in the tag team scene yet. Who knows? Maybe they will. But right now, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm looking at the rosters right now. What I said, I said, okay, so we have New Day, mm-hmm. the Street Profits, Miz and Morrison, mm-hmm. um, Ivar and uh, the, the, the Eric and Ivar. Both of them are inactive because of surgery, so mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. For, I'm just scrolling down. I don't see anyone else that's in the tag team. Going Cesaro to... Nakamura. Who? Cesaro Nakamura. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going through Raw first. Didn't they break? Didn't they break up the um, the house, the Lucha House Party? They, yeah, I think so. Okay, so that's nothing wrong. So going to SmackDown, you already said Nakamura and Cesaro. So that's we, that's four teams mm-hmm. on Bobby two Rude shows. And, okay, we Bobby. also Rude and Ziggler. Who, but, but again, it's kind of like just a patchwork team. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys aren't doing anything. Ooh. Just here's some TV time. Jimmy and Jay Uso would usually be a team, but Jimmy's hurt and Jay is in an excellent feud right now. Which, so we just named five, what, five legit teams. Yeah. And not even legit, more like four and a half. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. But that's Vince. Vince, uh, I think, has never liked tag team wrestling or at least fell out of love with it many years ago. Um, because either they don't pay enough attention to the tag division or when a team starts to pick up steam, they somehow break them up or, yes. you know, bury them. Yes. But- or they, you know, unfortunately they get hurt. I mean, you know, we've seen it with Tyson Kidd and Cesaro mm-hmm. and Sheamus and Cesaro and pretty much anybody that's with Cesaro. Oh, wow. But we just named four, four or five teams. There's no reason that there needs to be two tag team championships. They should do it like the women's just have one that's defended on both shows. I completely agree, especially when there's no tour, when it's all being done from the same location. There's no need for two sets of tag titles at this point. Yeah, there's no point. Oh, so we both have a thumbs down for tag, for men's tag team wrestling. Tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would in general. I, I yeah. think. The women are in, they're not any better at this point. They're not in any better shape than the men at this point. Well, speaking of which, why in the hell did they team Peyton Royce with uh, Lacey, <laughs> Lacey Evans? Or like, Mandy Rose with, with Dana Brooke. I mean, like, like that, that one right there was random. But the, the thing about Peyton Royce is you just spent the last, what, two, three weeks trying to build Royce up as a singles competitor. You broke her, broke up the Iconics for this, and then almost as soon as you could, you got her a tag team partner? Same thing with Mandy Rose. And they spent months breaking that up. Yes. Not just weeks, I mean months. A, a really good storyline too, to break that up and then just to put her with another blonde, which you know, like that's more generic than that combo is more generic than Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans at this point, not by much, but still. Um, and like, I yeah. actually, I like Dana Brooke, but there's like nothing there. Yeah. She could be replaced by anybody on SmackDown, NXT, NXT, UK, whatever. And you wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
That was super rude. So both don't sound on tag team wrestling. Moving on. Yeah, and also, oh, and also another thing about the the women's tag team division, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the champs are the most dominant wrestlers, like in the division. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense that any of those teams have, you know, uh, have what it takes to beat those two. Even though the story between the you know, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax is that they're two alphas who can't coexist, but still manage to, for the sake of holding the titles. But you know, you know what it is. What's that? It, it's a, a gender reverse of the bar. Bar and team hell no. Yeah. And, but, like, it's it's, it, it, I'm not. I don't like it as much because they're the two alphas of the entire division mm-hmm. so it's like you know not to get into a whole like physiology thing but like who's gonna stop you know who's gonna stop Nia Jax who is going to beat up Shannon Baszler who is a legit fighter you know um oh, I, nobody I, on that roster. I've been mad about Shayna Baszler ever since Wrestlemania yeah. So you know, she should have had single title at least once, maybe mm-hmm. even twice. That's how I feel about Shayna Baszler. I just I don't understand what, what Vince doesn't see in her, and it just it just feels like lost money to me. You know? Absolutely. All right. So moving on, moving on. To the next topic. Let's talk about two returns that happened. Um, I'm pretty sure I can guess how you're going to judge both of them. So let's start with a bad one. Lars Sullivan's back. (laughs) Uh, I'm giving this two thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, I was I was legitimately shocked. Like when I saw him on SmackDown, it was weird. But, you know, yeah, like even before it was revealed that he is or is or was or whatever, racist, misogynistic, homophobic, uh, hypocritical, because apparently he also did gay for pay. Uh, I've never been interested in that character. He's just boring, in my opinion, and um, just looks weird. I just, I don't get it. I've never, never been interested. Lars Sullivan to me is if you took Braun Strowman, made him smaller and less interesting. Yes, yeah. Um, I have nothing interesting to say about this guy. Like you said, he's had the racist comments, homophobia, um, being a hypocrite when it comes to gay to pay, the uh, gay to pay, pay to gay, whatever. And then also, like, it came out like a couple of days after he came back that he was like harassing some woman on Instagram asking for naked pictures. Yeah, I mean... This guy is a habitual line stepper. Yeah. Pretty much. And, you know, it just... um, You know, I hate to say it, but, you know, there are... Unfortunately, there are performers that can get away with it. He's just not one of them. He hasn't um, 
Oh, he, he is one of them because he still has a damn job. Yeah, but you know, look, the only thing you have to do to WWE is impress Vince. As long mm-hmm. as you have his ear, you're set. And that's what Lars Sullivan has right now because he has quote unquote the look. See, I wouldn't even say that either. I think he looks weird, and I think... I, look, I agree with you, but we're not the ones running that multi-billion dollar corporation, so... Well, here's the thing. Let's mm-hmm. let's put it this way. Sure. Even with Vince's blessing, he's never going to main event WrestleMania. And I think that's, that's the... Um, uh, that's the litmus. Like... You know, he's not going to be a top guy. Um, he's going to, yeah, he'll have favor with certain people, but not enough to garner top guy status. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what's most important. Um, so you know, even without all the, even with all the, without all the baggage, I don't think he would have. Um, gotten any higher than um, I don't see him I, I've never saw him going very high to begin with mm-hmm. hey yo fuck that dude moving on the other <laughs> return that happened <laughs> this week Elias back hey um did you watch the concert I did your thoughts hey man two thumbs up always yeah I agree um I mean, obviously, what that the hell? What's, what's the name of the album? Let's get a little plug right here. Uh, the, the Walking Truth? Something Truth. Uncomfortable Something like Truth? That. Oh, Lord. I got to look. I'm looking this up. Hold on. Continue talking to WWE. I mean, obviously, that character is, you know, completely suited for an actual live audience. Um, you know, it's like universal truth. Universal truth. Although I am, I, I'm slightly disappointed that like after he announced after his concert when he announced the uh, title, like our truth didn't come out and be like talk about universal truth. <laughs> you talking right. to the universal twenty eight five you European eight nine South champ right here. <laughs> that would have been a nice little thing after his concert, but. If he, if he returns face, you could do a collaboration. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Elias is in that situation where he's he doesn't quite uh, pass the Randy Orton test, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I think if he did, he's a top guy in the making. Completely. The guy flies off the top rope like as good as Macho Man Randy Savage with that elbow. I mean, that's the best flying elbow I've seen, you know, in 25 years. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's like, he's got all this talent, you know, he's a good performer. He's good on the mic. He, you know, he's a, he's a musician, a legit musician. He doesn't just carry it around like (laughs) the honky tonk man. (laughs) Um, You know, I think if he was six four, and not six two, I think is that that's what he is. I don't know. Um, Jesus, that guy's build height six foot even. Six, yeah. I think if he's six four, that guy is uh, 
your next top star. I mean, even before, uh, even before the the heat, even okay, the big, you know, obviously like the big uh, moment for him will always be the Seattle crowd in what's it, like twenty eighteen where they booed him for like seven minutes straight, like off script because he mentioned the supersonics. That was an iconic moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, even before then, I was a fan and thought, man, if this guy were a little bit taller, would probably be, would definitely be a top guy. Like we're talking WrestleMania headliner. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, he's got the talent to do it, just not all the tools that is needed, tools that are out of his control. Yes, also. So, yes, I'm excited that he's back. I'm (laughs) saying, please stay healthy. Yeah. Because he just came back from a a torn pec muscle, and before that, wasn't he out with an ankle injury? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want him going down the Samoa Joe route where it's like the injuries keep you from being the best you can be in WWE. Right. You know, and he, like the difference with him and Joe is that Joe is, Joe can fight for the title because he's like a brawler. Mm. And you know, they're about the same size, but he's just a brawler. Elias is, not quite he's not that and he's you know uh, but still he's just not he's not i don't think he has that look to to go to like fight for the title at mania um but hey you know i hope i'm wrong but i just don't see that happening but it's always better to have him active on the roster performing than not at this point okay so i give that two big thumbs up what about you way up all right all right moving on let's go to uh, we'll save those two for last mustafa ali and retribution (laughs) that's a big old man for me oh you're more again you're nicer than i am because this gets an entire thumbs down retribution the whole angle the whole group brings mustafa ali down with them they are a 10 ton weight wrapped around that man's ankle, pulling him down like this is a this is a, a Sicilian mob movie. Ali moved himself down to meh and he brought retribution up to meh. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Um, great performer, um, he's good on the mic, he's good in the ring, and I mean. Should be, should have been, and was a really good baby face. Um, but uh, <laughs> aligning yourself with a group like that, it just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Again, you're being nice. Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> what the, f- what is Retribution's like thing? They're supposed to be in here causing havoc and destruction, and now they're just. Losing, just, yeah, the, that's a problem. You're supposed to, well, first of all, the problem is eventually man made them because of the Antifa scare that was going on, whatever Fox News channel he watches at three in the morning, anyway. 
So they come in, they do these stupid, oh, let's destroy WWE, let's break it up from the inside, from the outside, blah, blah, blah. And first off, it's a bunch of guys from NXT. It's like, what you, what retribution are you seeking? Why are you mad at the WWE, at the WWE, at Raw and SmackDown? You've been on NXT, honestly, living a good ass life. But continue. So, I don't understand what this group's mindset is. I don't understand why they got contracts to be wrestlers if they were destroying <laughs> stuff. I don't understand how they got drafted. I don't understand how a group that's supposed to be complete anarchy only stays on one fucking show. That whole and then, thing. and then, if you want to build up a goddamn a group faction, whatever. A, you don't have them lose their first televised match against the Hurt Business, and B, you don't have them get their ass kicked by the Fiend after that match. Hundred percent, they've completely dropped the ball. Um, I mean, they've dropped the ball since day one. And it goes back to what we were talking about when it comes to attacking wrestling, and it's it's a problem that affects the WWE as a whole. There is no long-term planning besides A, make the WWE champion look good, and B, make the universal champion look good. That's it. There's nothing else. Yeah, and... And it just, it amazes me that a multi-billion dollar corporation has the same attitude to planning ahead that we do when we do this fucking podcast i don't understand i don't either and it's like retribution is a um it is maybe the epitome of vince losing touch and and not having it anymore go ahead do you think retribution can be saved? No. No? No. Um, God, I I have to agree with you. Even though I love some of the wrestlers that are in it, like uh, Dijadav Koving and Mia Yim, it feels like this is going to be a noose around the rest of their careers. Which is why they have them all in masks, because you, you know, you want to... Uh, Again, we've talked about sport. You can, you can play it off as who are those guys under those masks, and who are these guys without masks? All these new guys. Um, you know, it, that's the only way you're going to salvage their individual careers. Mm-hmm. Um, but bring them back faction, in three months, like it never happened. Right. Uh. Or just send them back to NXT, like it never mm-hmm. happened. And you know. The thing about retribution, it's it's patchwork, and it's not exciting. Even even if we didn't know that it was um, a parody or a commentary on real world, you know, events, it's just still not done well. Nexus was incredible. I remember watching that that Raw when Nexus formed. And it was like, holy crap. Like, what is going on? 
it gripped you. It gripped everybody. Um, the NWO formation. Uh, you know, that, that especially as, when I was doing, because that was like 20 years ago, 25 years ago, something, 25 years ago, we were kids. We didn't know what the, you know, that everything was a work, but that felt the most real out of anything I've ever seen on television. Um, you know, but, you know, again, we were kids back then, but, you know, that's how you know something works. Um, and this just does, it just has no feeling to it. It, it, it just feels um, thrown together. It feels uh, just nothing, really. It's boring. It sucks. No long-term planning. Yeah. And I don't even, you know, like, again, even if, even if it, you know, I wasn't meant to know that it, it had this, it was this commentary yeah. or this like mirror of something that's actually going on. It's just not even cool. It's not even interesting. Yep. It's lame. Moving on. Big thumbs down. Two yeah. big thumbs down. Yes, All move, the thumbs down. All the thumbs. Moving on. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. I was one that gave this like all the thumbs up like two months ago when it was really starting and Randy Orton was doing like some of the best heel work of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm on the mind like, well, let's move on to something else, please. So it's, with that, it's, it, it's petering out. Yeah, and it's it's definitely, I mean, I think I think I'm valid in this this for this one. It's definitely meh at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's meh. I mean, I love Drew McIntyre, and like I said, this Randy Orton. Ever since he said Black Lives Matter has been on fire, right? But uh, Hell in a Cell, just going there, whoop each other's ass. Drew McIntyre wins, and like, okay, so the question I want to ask you: So Drew McIntyre wins. Who's his next uh, uh, challenger? Yeah. I feel like they're going to go right to the fiend because he has nothing going on right now. Cause I don't think they're going to waste much more time with him on retribution or the hurt business. I don't even think, you know, I don't think that's going to last either. I think they just were two, two ships in the night passing, crossing paths or whatever, whatever that phrase is. Mm-hmm. Um, with like the fact that they all crossed, that they all interacted with retribution. Um, I don't see retribution being this catalyst to start this major feud between the fiend and the hurt business. So I think what's left, I think what that means is that they're going to put him in that, that title picture against Drew McIntyre. Uh so you're going with the fiend? I don't know how you do it. Like the fiend booking him is so like three D chess that I don't even think about it. So I like to keep it simple, a little bit simpler. So if I was in charge, I'd probably go uh, have him go up against AJ Styles. AJ Styles and his new black friend. Yes, I forgot about that. Yes, that, I mean that could work too. That would be. Um, I think at this point you can't really go wrong with whichever choice you make because mm. he's gonna 
he's going to be in a feud with a really good performer still. And I think that's only going to help him as champion, you know, into next year. I like how that AJ Styles treats Paul Heyman like I treat racist. What is is they're over there? Oh, I'm going this way. Right. <laughs> like no matter what, he's all raw. When Heyman's on Raw, he gets moved to SmackDown. Heyman falls into SmackDown, he goes back to Raw. It's, a, it's like it's the greatest game of, of company tag I've ever seen. Yeah. And, so, you know, he's definitely got the pool to make it happen. So are you sticking with The Fiend? Um, I'll say yes, just for, you know, just to contrast with you. <laughs> yeah. But you... you I think you're. If, if we were put some money on it, you're probably winning my money yeah. on that bet. Yeah, because with the fiend, like you could put him in anything, and you know, it. I'm trying to describe. It. Like he doesn't have to make sense because he's the fiend, right? That's like he can do whatever he wants because his character is crazy, wacky, zany, however you want to put it. So wherever he goes. And now that he, you know, with Alexa Bliss, like whatever match he interferes with, like you can make a storyline out no matter how crazy it is because that's his character. Yeah, I mean, it's he like Roman and his character and his stories are one A. The Fiend and his character and his stories are going to be one B going forward, and that's it's not a bad position to be in. And I, I guess I, I picked The Fiend so quickly. It's just because I'm kind of used to it. Like, when he made his debut, you know, they had one short feud and then they put him they put him in the title scene pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that's just the, the route they're going to take. Um, just, you know, history repeating itself. But like you said, they don't have to. They're in a good position with him. He can... He can feud with anybody, and it, it'll be interesting and fun. He can feud with Retribution. It'll be interesting and fun. Feud just about anybody. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> All right, so we're both going man on Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Um, enjoyed it while last. Glad that it's ending. And final topic for tonight, which I know that both of us are going to get two huge, throbbing thumbs up to Roman Reigns <laughs> and Jey Uso feud. Woo, mama. You know, I need it. Look, look, right here, baby. Put it in my veins. I, I want to actually want to talk about Jey Uso first. Yeah, oh, yes, me too. You, you, people, because... we don't talk about these. We didn't talk about this before we started, but it's like he's reading my mind right now. Yes, go, go. <laughs> It's a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, patience gets, you know, if you're patient, you know, more times than not, you'll be rewarded. You know, I like to think. Um, and this is something that I've been secretly, you know, I, you know, we don't really talk about it as much, but this is something that I've always had in my head for the longest time, especially when, the Usos started um, once they kind of got to the second half of their like title reigns, mm-hmm. like within the last four or five years, 
they'll either win the titles or one of them gets hurt. And I've always felt like while one is out, the other should, shouldn't be on the shelf, but they shelved them. The other one should make a run and either turn heel and have a feud with the returning brother or, you know, do something like that. It's better than I could have imagined. Yes. Because they didn't even have to turn one heel. They made him a baby face. They kept him a baby face, a sympathetic baby face against a monster. And he's in the, the title picture. It, they, I mean, they did, they've done so much with his character right now. It, it's, it's been great. Um, like I always envisioned, oh, well, you know, if, if he's on his own for a while due to injury, uh, you can turn him heel and he could, you know, maybe go for the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title, wherever he's at. They have put him in the main event picture and it's, he looks like he belongs there. Mm-hmm. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, many, many years ago when uh, Jeff Hardy challenged The Undertaker for the Undisputed Championship in a ladder match on Raw. Do you remember that? Yes. And it like cemented Jeff as a guy who could be the top guy, even though he didn't win. Like that's how I that's how I feel now when it comes to Jey Uso. Like he's a guy who can hold a single title on his own, and I'd never felt that way about him before this feud with Roman. And you know, watching his reaction on the mic, like his his mic skills, his, his facial tics, like everything, like it's killing me. To, like I can feel the anguish of like, it's like, it's killing me to hurt my cousin, but I have to do it or else he's going to beat my ass. And like that, what was it last Friday when he hit Roman with the chair? He was like, you say you love me? Well, I love you too. And he bashes him yeah. in with the chair. I was like, Oh, this is mm, chef kiss. Just beautiful. And like, this has been like, I don't even know what to say. It's like he's found another gear. Well, the Jay Uso, as like the Usos were great. The day one ish phenomenal. The robberies mm-hmm. with the New Day outstanding. But this, this is like he's taking the top off, and he's like he's like going face to face with the face of the company right now, and he's holding his own, and it's amazing. Right, and it's like. I think, for me at least, because he's twins, mm-hmm. I, I won't have a problem with them going back into the tag title scene after this. I think the difference between him and Jeff Hardy is that, you know, Jeff Hardy is a young, is the younger brother. Like, he doesn't look anything like his older brother. Like, for the, you know, he's not a twin, so it's like it gave them that kind of flexibility to go off on their own i think with twins it's different i think the other one is gonna have to always be in in the picture um even if there's a singles run involved so i so like you know i don't uh you know the singles run is cool is flawless Mm-hmm. Until you know, up until until Jimmy returns, and, and I don't say I don't say until like a bad thing. It's just 
Like it's, it's about time that they utilize their talents in a way that, um, that the, well, no, it's, it's, it's about time that they utilize talents that they normally would have just let sit on the sidelines because they're, you know, a tag team or, or part of a faction or whatever. This has just been flawless. Yeah, and honestly, I want to see what what the Uso uh, brothers can do separate of one another. Like he, like I know they haven't weren't. Was Jimmy drafted? I don't think so. I, I like he's probably going to be at the hell in the cell, limping down there, watching his brother. But um, like. I'm feeling confident now that Jay can stay on SmackDown and Jimmy can go to Raw, and I want to see what they can do separate from each other. Hmm. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the talent is there. The ability is there. Because I want to think, like, all right, let's give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, then you know what? You can come back here as a tag team. But I want them to give, you know, give them a shot, both of them, to see what sure. they can do separately. I have no problem with the shot, yeah. Yeah, and um, Roman Reigns just man. What can you, his career? What can you say about that man that's not been said since he came back at SummerSlam? He's been amazing, and I'm so glad. Like he makes SmackDown must see TV completely, and you know he has to get a lot of credit for helping elevate Jay as well. You know, sure, it's one-sided. The feud itself is technically one-sided, but it hasn't been um, it hasn't been presented that way. Like it's still an interesting feud to watch. I think yeah. because you you're watching the the characters develop. Yeah. Cause what was what was the last uh, pay per view? Oh, um... was it Night Champions? Yes. Okay, so going in, you knew Roman was going to win. But even though you know how the story is going to turn out, watching it and seeing how they get to the finish line, it could be a great... Like, we say this with, like, Marvel movies. We know the good guy is always going to win at the end, eventually. How do you get there? You can take all kinds of uh, roles to get there. And that's what the WWE did at Night of Champions. We knew going in that... Rome was going to walk out champion, but watching Jay fight back, watching him refuse to surrender, even when his brother came down there saying, I refuse to call him the tribal chief. I'm still, I have pride. And I'm going to be a man. That was, it was magnificent. And it's one of the things like, why, why can't wrestling be this great all the time? Right. <laughs> They'd bring everybody, they would bring, it goes, it's, it, it goes it would back. get all the fans back. It goes back to what I said earlier. They have two edits. Make the WWE champion look good and make the Universal champion look good. And they made Drew McIntyre look amazing with his feud with uh, Randy Orton. And they're making Roman Reigns look amazing right now with his feud with Jey Uso. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Just be lucky that we have these (laughs) these good storylines. At least we got something. Yeah, man, we got to take it while we can. But yeah, from both of us, uh, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, two big, throbbing, huge, erected thumbs up. 
<laughs> way up. Way up. And, and I think like it, it's it's impressive that they, you know, essentially they bought themselves time as well mm-hmm. to find like the next like really big feud yeah. for Roman. Like you look at it on paper and it's like, man, what are they doing? But I mean, they've made it work almost perfectly. And so it definitely has bought them a few months to like, you know, prep the next guy to, you know, the next like legit threat to the title. And, and you can all you can already see plans for maybe not the next WrestleMania, but the re- WrestleMania after Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre. I mean, you know, I think next, well, depending on if we'll actually have people in the stadium, they'll have Roman Reigns versus The Rock. I think next year, I think next year you could do it. Because I don't see Reigns versus McIntyre. Yeah, and Ooh, I think buddy. this way, if if the lockdowns or you know crowdless shows are going to be prolonged, why not unify the titles for the time being? Again, it's the same thing with the tag titles. It's like you're yeah. not, you don't have to do these. Like, there's no traveling shows to like put a title on on these two different tours it's like put the title on one show on both shows and i think this way you bring those two together and you can unify the titles there yeah and then like like it's the same thing with uh you know and then if you go to that feud cousin versus cousin you don't even you don't need the title that's you're right you're absolutely right involved so you could wait for 2022 to do that and won't they be back in Tampa 2022? They should be. All right. That'll be it would be much easier to get the rock to come out to <laughs> right. Tampa than where's it supposed to be next year? Like California? Well, I think LA, Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, they're hoping I mean obviously that would be the ideal thing, but even yeah. in 2021, California's not gonna have crowds like that. Exactly. Florida will definitely, but <laughs> California now. Yeah. Florida come one hand, come on, everybody in the squad and party, go to the beach, whatever. On the other hand, why do these numbers, these coronavirus cases keeps keep going up? This is very curious. All right. Oh, let's uh give you about a good three, four minutes. Give us your AEW take. Man, hold on. I, I'm gonna give you five, like an actual five minutes. So hold on. I hope I can. Fill that time. All right, I will get three minutes. Is that better? I think that's good. Yeah. All right, all right. You ready? Yeah. Three minutes starting now. Um, they've brought just the right amount of old WWE guys in, and they've kind of made most of them work. I think they got off to a rough start with Brody Lee. Um, I forgot. I can't. I can't even remember his WWE. Luke Harper. Um. That's a good thing uh, for him. You know, his character's kind of coming along. He fought for the title. Dean Ambrose, former Dean Ambrose, John now John Moxley is the top guy. And, and, you know, he's good enough to carry the company and be the top guy for right now. Um, you know, 
there's a lot of credit that needs to go to Jericho and, and Cody Rhodes. I mean, they've definitely um, been a huge help in, you know, getting the show together. You know, it's like taking what they know from from WWE and kind of filtering out the unnecessary things that they do. And yeah, there's unnecessary things that, that AEW does, but it's their own. Like it's unique to them. It's the show is not a carbon copy of WWE. Um, and they do some, you know, interesting things. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, Chris Jericho is still kind of trying to keep himself relevant and, um, you know, putting himself in unique situations that, you know, uh, he wouldn't get that chance to do in WWE. So I think he's making the most of those opportunities. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, the, the roster is good. Um, it's a good, it's a really good roster. Uh, I don't know if, but I don't see anybody there that I would consider the best performer in all of wrestling right now um but still a good show and i think you know they're they're kicking butt on wednesdays so it's like they're doing something right finish i think so god you couldn't even make it in the whole three minutes no that's what she said oh <laughs> you walked right into that one, buddy. Um, yeah, I got nothing to say on AEW. I don't watch it. It has a lot of WWE guys I'm interested in, and I don't care. But um, just because I don't care doesn't mean I hate on it. Just, you know, yeah. I, I any place that any company that gives wrestlers more opportunity to work, I'm for it, even if I don't watch it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only. I mean, I, I see it on the periphery because I follow Chris Jericho on social, on Instagram. And that's about it. And and Miro, the former Rusev. Should call that Anthony's three-minute WWE, uh, three-minute AEW warning. Or more, two minutes and 15 seconds, but close enough. Yeah. Um, anything else? No. I mean, I think that's, I think we've covered all the good stuff. All right. Um, so I'll say this right now because I have the presidential debate on the TV right now. If you can vote, go vote. If you can do early voting, you need to do it as soon as, po- as, soon as possible. You live in Texas, early voting goes until next Friday, mm-hmm. um, yeah. October 30th. So you, when this comes so, out, yeah, yeah. When this comes out, you have a week left. Um, anywhere else in America that you hear this, as long as you're registered, go vote. Um, don't ever sit there and say your vote doesn't matter and it doesn't count or whatever. Because if your vote didn't count, a certain uh, party wouldn't be trying so hard to keep you from using it. That's all I'm going to say. Not using okay. a name. Um, yeah. So just go out and vote. Have you voted yet? I have not. Me not neither. I'm going to try get. I'm going to get it done next week. Not try. I'm going to get it done next week. I'm going to go there vote. Because they got uh, around my house, they have like a couple of drive through voting stations. And I'm, I might just pull up through there, mm-hmm. get an oil change while I'm at it. Hey, there you go. Yeah. 
So yeah, two uh, birds, two birds, one stone. So you know, you, anyone hear my voice for now? Please go exercise your right to vote. You have it. Use it. Don't lose it. And um, you know, let's just make. Uh, let's try to end 2020 on a good note because it's been a horrible year. Um, programming note, man. yeah. Programming note: Our next podcast, I think, will you be available Sunday? I, I might. Oh lord! So our next one's go. We're going back to baseball. We're going to wrap up the Astro season. Yeah. Going to the all season. Because uh, Sunday night's hell in a cell, so it would have to be probably in the oh, afternoon. Oh, okay. Uh, what about Saturday? Uh, I might. I'll let you know. All right, so we'll talk about the Astro, wrap up the Astro season. We'll talk about uh, going to all season, what moves we think they'll make, what they shouldn't do. Um, have you watched any? Yeah, have you watched any of the World Series? No. Oh, same here. My team's out. I do not give a shit. Especially with those two teams. No mm. interest. This is all ending ties. Nah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'd rather, if the Rays win yeah. it, if the Rays win, that'll be four straight years that the Astros either won the World Series or lost to the team that won the World Series. Yeah, and at this point. Um, Which would be a weird phenomenon. The only thing weirder about the Astros is like they've whatever in the um, All-Star game, whatever team the Astros have been on, they've won for about the past, I think, 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. Because I think the first four were in the National League and the last uh, six or seven been in the American League. Really weird. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, basically at this point, you know, only, you know, if you if we had talked about, the, if we were talking about this a year ago, mm-hmm. would have no problem. But at this point, the way the Dodgers handled um, the whole, you know, cheating scandal, the way they talked, you know, the, the talk they talked to, to us. Uh, now I won't, I won't, wouldn't be upset if they win another uh, 33 years without winning a title. So, you know, a year ago it would have been fine, you know, but the way they handled it, the way they came at us, uh, couldn't care less if they never won another title. So go raise. I guess <laughs> I always I always tell people whenever they bring that up they ask me oh do you feel bad about it and I look at them I say there are people who had their houses completely underwater I don't give a fuck if the Astros hired a hitman to take out Jason Turner before Justin Turner before the first game <laughs> people need their happiness so I don't I'm like um I'm over it. I don't care and again remember one other thing you're not gonna make me feel guilty about something I didn't do. That's true. Uh, that's all I gotta say. All right, let's let's wrap this up because I I keep looking over and I see Donald Trump speaking and with his hands just going in every like he's <laughs> signal doing hand signs to tell the aliens to evade. He, he's telling you to <laughs> cut it. Yeah, this, cut. Yeah, the show like, is over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna bring out a Donald Trump impression because it's not that good. But we are done. Andy, as always, enjoy uh, recording with you. And listen, all you people out there, if you would, please take the time out to rate, review, give us five stars. You give us four stars. You are a hater of the utmost quality. The utmost. Hey, babe.
My girlfriend just walked in. Found me quick. Oh, she said hi to you. Tell her I said hi. He said hi. No, wait. He said howdy, ma'am. Of course. All right. We're out of here. We'll talk to you later. Right. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies.